0: there and welcome to episode 2 of 8th Continent, a podcast about Peace Corps Madagascar. My name's Kristen and I'm your host. Thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode and also to those who provided positive feedback for me on how to improve. I started this project with the intention to document people involved with as well as my own experience in Peace Corps Madagascar. If you're not familiar with Peace Corps, there might be some terms that are new for you here. I will try to address them as they come up, but for now let me cover a few essential ones that I think might have already been mentioned. I'd like to say that these definitions are not my own, but rather were compiled on a blog called Monday Bazaar, run by a returned Peace Corps volunteer named Mark who served in Kyrgyzstan. Uh, I will link Their blog in the description for anybody that's interested, Um, even though I don't know them personally, it's definitely a blog that helped me while I was preparing for service. And also, in this particular case, they saved me an enormous amount of time by having compiled these definitions that I think are very critical to the way that people in Peace Corps talk about Peace Corps. There are quite a few that I'm going to go through, so if you think that you might be familiar with them or you're interested more in the interview portion, you can just skip ahead. Close of service or COS. COS is the term used for the successful completion of two years of Peace Corps service. After you see COS, volunteers are considered returned Peace Corps volunteers or abbreviated are PCVs. Evacuation. Evacuation simply means that volunteers are removed from a region or a country due to emergency circumstances such as a natural disaster or terrorism threats, in this case uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Homestay. A homestay refers to the time during your pre-service training when Volunteers live with host families as a way to facilitate language learning and cultural integration. The next term is host country national. We abbreviate this usually to HCN, and it stands for anybody we work with who is a citizen of the country in which we serve. Invitation. An invitation means after you send in an application and you interview for Peace Corps, Successful Peace Corps applicants will receive an invitation to serve in a specific country, in a specific program, or it's usually referred to as a sector. IS. IS stands for Interrupted Service. Interrupted service is a status and a term that refers to when a volunteer service is concluded early due to factors beyond their control. This can happen when there is political unrest in a country, when a volunteer's security situation is compromised, and a new site cannot be located, or when a post closes or is suspended before the end of a volunteer service. asked, volunteers receive returned Peace Corps volunteer status. M56. So... This is a term that will change depending on the country that you serve in and also the group or stage of people that you're training with. Every graduating training class gets their own numeric designation, so I would have been part of M56. Each country designates incoming classes with a letter and a number, so I am part of the 56 group of volunteers to come to Madagascar. LCF. LCF stands for Language and Cross-Cultural Facilitator. During pre-service training, our language teachers also serve to teach us about local culture, and we refer to them as LCFs. Medical clearance. Medical clearance is part of the process of joining Peace Corps that happens after you accept an invitation to serve. It takes a few months to process all the blood tests, exams, dental care, and you must meet a minimum standard to be cleared to serve. Some volunteers who are initially invited are not medically cleared and Peace Corps doesn't make a final purchase of your plane ticket until about a month before staging. So it's a good idea to wait to receive all clearances before you quit your job and have other final prep activities. In the old system of Peace Corps, this process was sometimes carried out before the official invitation was actually issued. PC stands for Peace Corps. This is a very common acronym. PCMO stands for Peace Corps Medical Officer. Peace Corps keeps a number of doctors on staff to attend to all volunteer health needs. In most countries, they are host country nationals or HCNs but in some countries one of the doctors will be American um in the case of Madagascar I believe we had two HCN doctors and then we also had a physician's assistant as well that we could reach out to if we had an issue PCT stands for Peace Corps Trainee. That's what I was considered. When new volunteers arrive in country, they are considered trainees and they're subject to considerable restrictions until they successfully complete training and meet performance requirements to swear in as volunteers. This is similar to probation status at some jobs and is maintained because of the amount of time and money that Peace Corps invests in the training of its volunteers trainees are not allowed to move beyond, um, their region without special exceptions, and they're not allowed any vacation or leave days. You're given a very minimal allowance per day that basically just covers walking around money and a little bit of snack money. Uh, from my own personal experience, um, I had a great time as a trainee, uh, it's very very critical to learning the language and also the culture they keep you in your training village um, so that you get to interact on a daily level with the Malagasy people for Peace Corps Madagascar we had a what's considered a dry PST so we were not allowed to drink and as with all Peace Corps countries any drug use is specifically prohibited PCV stands for Peace Corps Volunteer. Once a volunteer takes their oath of service after training, they are officially recognized as a Peace Corps Volunteer and have the associated rights and allowances such as vacation days, full allowances for food, transport, and housing, and a variety of other things that will change depending on your country of service. PST refers to pre-service training. Uh, I think this has been mentioned quite a bit here. PST is a three-month period. It's usually three months where volunteers are trained in language, culture, history, self-health care, technical information, and Peace Corps policy. It is an intense amount of time, but it provides all the tools you need to succeed as a Peace Corps volunteer. Your site is where you live and work. You're expected as a Peace Corps volunteer to live and to stay in the same site for two years except for Peace Corps trainings and your annual leave. Your site mates are other Peace Corps volunteers who also live at your site. Also as well, you can have a region mate, which are Peace Corps volunteers who live in your region, and often they're the people that you see the most. Uh, staging. Staging is the first step of heading to your Peace Corps post. So all the incoming Peace Corps trainees assemble and participate in team building welcome activities before getting on a plane all together to their country of service. So my staging happened in Philadelphia, and that was the first time that I met anybody in my stage. Stage is a term for the group of people that you train with and they later become the people that you serve with so a stage is just the group of people that you come into the country with and it's designated by a number so stage 56 so i was the 56th group of trainees to come to madagascar for peace corps I think. I'm sorry if that is not an exact definition, but that's how I understand it. Swearing in. Swearing in is the ceremony that takes place at the end of your pre-service training, and it's when the trainees officially become volunteers. I'd also like to mention sectors. So within Peace Corps, there are six sectors. They are agriculture, community economic development, education, environment, health and youth and development, when you apply to Peace Corps, you usually apply within a sector. If you open apply, this is different, but most of the time successful applications will be tailored towards a specific sector that coincides with your particular experience. Um, or qualifications. So in my case, I was in the health sector. Not every country has all sectors. Some countries only have a couple. Some have all the sectors. Peace Corps can close a sector in a country or they can expand. In the case of Peace Corps Madagascar, they were in the process of expanding their health sector. I was going to be working in an area that had never had health volunteers before sectors define the focus of the overarching job specific details for the position and they also give candidates a starting point for finding the right position some stages or training groups have more than one sector training at the same time that was the case for my stage in madagascar so we were approximately half health and half agriculture In this episode, I'm speaking to my friend and fellow trainee, Daniela. She was an agriculture trainee, so while we lived in the same general village, we lived in slightly separate areas of it, and we had very different experiences as well as very different homestays, which you'll hear in our conversation. She is a ray of sunshine, an amazing dancer, and I was so happy to be able to catch up with her to talk about not only our experiences in Peace Corps, but how we've been doing overall. I believe we had this conversation on the 13th of April, so it's more than a month now since we talked that I'm posting this episode. I know that I've been a little bit slow to get episodes out, but from here on out, I'll try to have more consistent things for people to listen to. In the middle of our conversation, I accidentally hung up on Daniela and had to call her back. So you will hear that I'm learning how to podcast, learning how to get better audio and do it through various apps. So thank you for bearing with me as I learn how to build, edit and also have conversations with people for this project. Without any further ado, this is Daniela and I speaking about Peace Corps.
1: Hi. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Good. How are you, Daniela? I'm wonderful. Thank you. It's great to hear your voice. Yeah, you too. Oh, thank you. How was your Easter? Oh, it was good. I, I forgot that it was Easter. Just I just stayed at home and... Uh, watch TV and rode my bike and sunbathed. How about you? Yeah,
0: so yesterday I um, I had the opportunity to talk to Mina, which was really great. I was really appreciative of that. My mom came over, but it was like really weird because we couldn't like touch. So I had like this big long table and she sat at the end of it. Aww. But it was good to see her. I tried to have as normal of an easter as possible and really nice that you got to spend some time with your mom
1: even if it's so separate it's such a strange time I yeah (laughs) I'm still in disbelief of how weird this all is
0: yes how have you been like adjusting how was your quarantine period
1: um I think the first week I was kind of numb I just I didn't really cry I was just I don't know if in disbelief, I just kind of didn't feel anything. I, I feel bad because I didn't talk to my mom during that time. Like I would text her, but when she called me on the phone, I'd be really short, kind of try to end the conversation as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um. And then the second week I just felt really angry. And then finally the tears were able to come. So I cried some for the second week. Um but as as far emotionally, that's how it was for the first two weeks. I mean, it was ups and downs the whole time. Um, but I started a really good um, kind of, I just started riding my bike from the very first day I got back. And I haven't stopped since. So I go out at least twice a day and ride my bike around the neighborhood. And I've also sunbathed every single day. And um, I do my yoga every day. And I dance you probably know that I dance a lot
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are the, the best dancer that we had for I, sure
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know about that I don't think so but I do love it I really love it and it keeps me sane so um those are my happy moments so I, I like that I started doing those things and I've I've stuck with them and now what are we day 22 or 23 yeah we're up there for sure yeah that's so that was quarantine. That was quarantine. It was nice kind of to have my own space, though, because, you know, we didn't have space, like much privacy in Madagascar. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a big change. Some less than others. I felt really grateful that I, I felt like I had it a very generous amount of space, but I know that some people did not have that experience. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yeah, so it was a... Uh... A lot of people at my house in particular, not just my family, but we had um, my dad there had a lot of friends that would, I imagine their family, friends or family, and they'd come over, but it was cool because they'd like bring their guitars and they would play and um, it it was, it was nice. And I actually learned that I love being around people a lot. So when they gave me space, I didn't want it. I would sit in the kitchen (laughs) with them. And I'd study in the kitchen. I didn't want to be by myself. I wanted to be surrounded by them all the time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. What was your family like? They were... So I had my mom and dad, and they are, uh, are 38. So eight years, a little less than eight years older than me. So we're pretty similar in ages. And then I had a 19-year-old sister, a 15-year-old brother, a 12-year-old sister, and an eight-month-old brother. So um, they were very kind, they were so welcoming and so patient. And they like me love to dance, and they love music. So I took a speaker and they wanted to listen to music, full blast all the time, any time of the day or night. Um, And they were always trying to get me to Mandihi to dance. I think that's how you say it. (laughs) (laughs) That That could be way off. But They were always trying to get me to dance, and we'd come up with choreography, and they'd teach me, and I would teach them. They were really welcoming. Um, They were a little more wild than I think a lot of the families. Um, How was your family?
0: (laughs) Um, Very different uh, from yours in terms of, like, people. My host family, they were in their 60s they like hosted not just me and like other Peace Corps volunteers before and hopefully after me but um, they had students and teachers living there I think from maybe more rural parts of that area and um, so it was nice because there was always people coming and going and yeah so wow that Mm -hmm.
1: is a totally different experience (laughs) I mean not the loving and smart but That, oh, I remember you were the one that lived in the, yeah, in the learning center for health. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: For health. It's a cool place. And then you had the school right next to you. So yeah, there's a lot of people in that area.
0: Yeah. I I was neighbors with Eden and Liz, and then Tanya was right down the street from me. So it was cool because I could kind of just like wave to a lot of people. Yeah. It kind of felt like a palace um, where I was living. (laughs)
1: yes there was some small places I think mine was I mean I think it was a good space it it was definitely one of the newer houses that I saw Um, yeah and I appreciated that we had the little solar panel so we had light at night which was nice um I miss it do you miss
0: it yeah every day Mm. it's kind of like a dream it feels like a like a fever dream at this point because we've been back I guess longer than we were there now. So, has it been longer now?
1: I think, yeah, I, I think oh, so. Yes. Yeah, we were there like maybe twenty days, nineteen, twenty days.
0: Yeah, isn't that weird? We've. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that makes me. <laughs> that no, actually... I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I feel like kind of a knot in my throat. <laughs> it makes me really sad. Um, oh no. <laughs> but also, how wonderful it was! Such a great experience. Such
0: a yeah. I I've never um I've never experienced anything like that, and I don't think that I could have even imagined how that experience would have gone. So, it, I hope that I can go back. At how do you feel about? Um, I definitely am going to serve, or at least that's
1: my plan. Unless I tell people, unless I meet like the love of my life. And I end up getting, uh, accidentally pregnant and, um, (laughs) like right into the sunset. (laughs) Uh, aside from that, um, scenario, I'm definitely going to serve again, hopefully soon. I'm hoping this year, I don't know how likely that is, but I don't think I will serve in Madagascar. I think I'm going to try and switch
0: countries. Do you have, um like an idea of where you, or like a region? I do. I think I have
1: two countries in mind. So my first choice I think is Morocco. Um, initially my thought of Morocco was, I really want to learn Arabic. Uh, the job, the position is youth development, and that's more along my experience. And I love working with kids and teens and young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of ideas of programs that I could um, create for the kids, aside from like the GLOW program for uh, girls empowerment, but also Zumba classes, yoga classes, and uh, English and Spanish language classes. So I was hoping I'd go there, though, also selfishly to learn Arabic. And I take belly dancing lessons, and it's one of my biggest passions. So I was thinking that they must have belly dancing in Morocco, because it's so close to Egypt, which is the main hub for belly dancing. So those were um, the things that drew me to Morocco. Also, my sister is from Belgium. So that's where she lives with her family. And it's probably like a 50 to 80 uh, euro ticket to get to Belgium. So it'd be really nice because I'd be able to see her on my vacations really easily.
0: Yeah. And that's important
1: to feel like connected,
0: especially if you're
1: spending that much time. Yes. Yes. I think, um, but then I've spoken to some volunteers that came back and they love it. Of course you end up getting that connection with the country you serve, but also some strong struggles with, uh, sexual harassment, especially for women Mm -hmm. and very, um, very strict um very strict country with the dress the alcohol so there's other things to think about and then the other place would be thailand my brother lives in thailand he that's where his family is now um that's where he'll probably stay because that's where his wife has always been and so it'd be nice to be close to him so either of those countries i'd be within a couple hours of my siblings
0: yeah wow thailand i would I mean, it is high on my list. It was one of the places that I was um, hoping to visit either when I was, like, taking vacation during service or, like, immediately after. Um, It's so beautiful. You're going to love it. It's It's
1: really great. So if I could live there for 27 months, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. (laughs) So much. Hi. Hi, back on.
0: I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay.
1: Oh, what happened? I thought maybe it was like Zoom where it gets disconnected after a certain period of time. <laughs> no, I've actually never been on Zoom. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, that's right. You didn't join us for no our group. Why? It,
0: it was um, it was like there was a two day period during my quarantine where um I got a little salty about being back and I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I was, oh, I feel bad and like blowing everybody off. But I like went for this really super long run and kind of cleared my head and just decided to listen to myself on that one. Because um, I've been kind of like you pretty, pretty numb to calm about everything. But that was one of the few days where I was having a difficult time processing it so i missed the zoom call man (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i don't really think you
1: missed very much and um (laughs) apparently we're gonna have it every other week so what that might be this week maybe this wednesday has it been Yes. but i think it's good that you listen to yourself unless it's every single day for weeks or months is like that but i think it's good just to have your moments and allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. Um, yeah. So I think it's
0: good you took that time. Yeah, thank you. Um, But I before I <laughs> hung up on you, we were talking about how um, you'd still like to serve, but maybe in Morocco or Thailand. And it sounds like you have family all over the world. And I know that a lot of us have a lot of experience with traveling, but it seems like you definitely have Uh, seen a lot of places and had a lot of really amazing experiences Um, is that part of why you joined Peace Corps was to like kind of continue being a global citizen and feeling connected to the rest of the world or? No I think of course
1: we join I don't want to speak for anybody but I join because I want to help also I want to make it sounds so corny but I've always wanted to make a difference on a not on a local scale, even though local is probably the most important to start with, but on a more global scale, because selfishly, I also want to be out of the country and I want that adventure. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't know how to go about helping or making that change or learning the skills so that I can help. Um, I've actually worked in social services for the Department of Children and Families um, or agencies under them since I finished undergrad. So it's been over eight years. And I really love being able to help the families and working with the kids and seeing how some people really work to change their lives, you know, getting off drugs and um, really changing their life around, the only life that they've ever known. Um, And that's always been beautiful, but it's not my passion. It's not what I've wanted to do my whole life. Mm -hmm. I've always been really my passion has been the environment and traveling and learning about new cultures um, and wildlife and one day I was at work and it was it wasn't the first time I had spoken to my friends about it at work but I was like I don't know what I'm doing here this is really not what I want to be doing there has to be something more I'm 29 turning 30 there has to be something else and a couple days later a coworker friend came up to me and she's like, have you thought about Peace Corps? And when I heard it, every excuse started coming out. Like, Oh, I have dogs. My mom, I I just can't, it's just, I just can't do it. And, but then I, she kind of planted that seed and I went home later that day. I started looking it up and I wrote a recruiter right away and spoke to the recruiter within a day or two and spoke to my mom and, It felt like the best time to do it. It was the first time that I was single, probably since the age of 17. I had been um, engaged and in a relationship for six years. So it was... Wow, I didn't know that. Yes, I was for the first time unattached. And um, everything seemed to be smooth. And so I decided to go for it. My mom supported it. And she's the only person I really have here. So I did it. Yeah, I... Traveling has been in my life forever. I think since I was little, my parents would send me to Belgium to be with my brother and sister. So it's really important to me to be somewhere, having some sort of adventure.
0: Yeah. Mina had some really amazing words to say, too, about how a lot of us do share this spirit of adventure and lean into that during our Peace Corps journey and even though we weren't there very long so for people listening hopefully people listening um (laughs) Daniela and I were Peace Corps trainees so we were there for three weeks and then um, we were evacuated home so uh you know wanting to continue to serve is I think important for me because I didn't really get to serve yet and I feel like a lot of us have a lot of experience traveling and um have been a lot of different places in the world and got to experience different things and a lot of us haven't which is also just as cool but there's this video of you on your Instagram that it's you with an alpaca and oh. you're like cuddling the alpaca and it's kissing you on the face and I was like who is this person she's so amazing <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: gosh that was Truly one of the, I have such a big smile right now. That's one of the best moments of my life. And that that just happened right before my mom took me on a trip to Peru. She had never been, and I love it. So we decided to go together just kind of as a farewell trip with an aunt of mine in Colombia. And they're everywhere, Kristen. (laughs) It's amazing. They have llamas and alpacas, which are different. Yeah. Um, And they're so cute. Though, um, not that one, but another one that was staying by a hotel that I was at bit me. Like, it was, like, little nibbles of love, but left a big bruise. (laughs) But, yes, that was was amazing. That was so cute. Yeah. (laughs) That was a special moment.
0: What is the difference between llamas and alpacas? Because I'm not very literate on, like, the... I feel like you could maybe guess, like, right, which was which, but...
1: I'm sure there's more differences. I don't know which, but one has just a much longer neck than the other one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I don't know which has the long neck and which has the shorter one. And then there's a whole different different one, a third one that's called a vicuña, I think. And those are smaller, but they're kind of similar looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're smaller, maybe skinnier heads. And they're wild. Okay. And they're in higher altitudes. So I have, like, short videos on my highlights of those, but you don't really get close to those. They're skittish. Okay. (laughs) But the alpacas
0: are all about the cuddles. (laughs)
1: They are all about the cuddles, and you also can eat them. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the darker side of it.
0: Well, that's okay. I think we've heard enough,
1: uh, enough pigs and whatnot. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. That was traumatizing. I- well, but it's the same here. So yeah. Yes. Well, and at least they live um, maybe a better life. Yeah, I would, I would assume. They're not smushed together, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thanks for looking at that. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing <laughs> it.
0: I just remember like not really having too much of a reference and when everyone was sort of connecting on social media before we ever met in person it was you know it just made me laugh really hard and like feel good and I was like I bet she's a really amazing person to know so I'm really thankful that you're doing this whole podcast with me bearing with me as I learn how to interview people (laughs) it's been great to
1: get getting to know you um and I think you're doing a great job Also, when I saw yours, because, yes, I stalked people as well, and I think to were one of the first uh, volunteers that, or trainee volunteers that I had, and I would look at your stories, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's so cool. This girl is, like, going to be the cool one in the group. Her, like, friends look so hip and cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To all my friends listening. (laughs) We've yes. tricked them all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's still, I, I still stick by that.
0: <laughs> um, so we've been back, but I'm, I'm really curious, like, if there's um, anything that you'd like to share from your time in Madagascar, if you have any memories or um, things like that, that you wanted to talk about or not, because I totally understand if you don't. So they could be positive or not as positive?
1: Yeah, whatever you feel. Well, I think there's a few different um, thoughts. You know, it was definitely difficult. I think people, when you come back or when you're there, you post all these happy things. You only post when really great things are happening. There's a lot of struggles, even in those three weeks. Um, Everything is sort of hard, just at least in my house, you know, there's not water or electricity. So cooking is hard. Washing the dishes is hard. You know, having to walk down to the rice paddies and getting a bucket of water and then carrying it up through slippery, muddy kind of trails. It was, it was a difficult experience. It was beautiful. And I learned a lot, but it was also very difficult. Um, I think also, there's a lot of moments of loneliness. Um, there's a lot of times, and I'm sure I'm not the only one from the group, that I just felt like everybody had gotten their people and their clicks, um, And sometimes I just felt alone, just kind of um, like, oh, how come I haven't found my group yet? Is that going to happen for me? So there was times when I didn't really know who I could, you know, I, I, everybody was very nice, but there was times where I would kind of isolate myself just because I felt lonely and like I felt everybody else had already made friends yeah. and clicked with each other. Um, but then there was beautiful times when, you know, we all cried together. <laughs> 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 Thank you for, <laughs> for opening that up and allowing that, um, for that to happen for us there's beautiful times as well i I did have a strange situation i don't know i i let them know i let the security people know um but i actually had a weird experience where i took my little bucket down down the steps to my ladusi so like the shower area yeah i was showering um and i was smiling because my family was up in the house it was at a higher level And I could hear them playing Waka Waka and Taki Taki over and over again. Those were their favorite songs on the speaker. So I was smiling and and bathing myself. And then I look up and there's a man standing by where the pigs are, just like on a higher mound. And he was just watching me smiling. And it was a really strange, uncomfortable experience. (laughs) And I tried to move out of the way. And, but I could still kind of see, you know, the cracks on those doors. I don't know how yours was, but there was a lot of cracks in the door of mine.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: And he just stayed standing there. And he walked away like for one moment. I was like, okay, he's gone. And he went to go get my baby brother. And then he came back and there's nothing else he could have been doing on in that space. That's just where the pigs are. There's nothing else on that level. Um, so eventually he walked away and I got out and. That was my experience. <laughs> oh my gosh! That was my super weird experience. So I, um, I definitely, once I got back, because that was the day before we were told we were leaving. So that was the last day I was with my family. So um, I didn't tell them until I got back here
0: what happened.
1: Okay. Isn't that I
0: weird. Mean, <laughs> that's very weird. I didn't have an outdoor Laduzzi. Oh really? No, I had again the wide variation of host families and like host sites that we had. But mine was inside the learning center at the like end of the hallway. And it was pretty much the whole end of the hallway was not my room, but my area. And then it was at the end and it was double door set up with a huge rain barrel full of water that I just flicked on to get bathing water to wash my hands. And um, yeah, it was completely indoors and nobody could see me at all. Um, So that's, I didn't realize that anyone had an outdoor Lidusi. That's interesting. I know the agriculture village was very different from the health village in a lot of regards. I didn't, I didn't know anybody had
1: an indoor one or actually I think I knew one person had an indoor toilet, but I didn't know people had indoor showers. Yeah. But it, they both have their pros and cons, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Aside from that, I, I didn't mind the outdoor shower. Um, it was always a challenge to get my cold water and convince myself for minutes to pour that first little bucket full of cold water over my head. Oh, no. It was cold? <laughs> <laughs> I think they heated my water once, and then I tried to heat my water once um and then other than that it was cold but I think cold water is supposed to be invigorating and good for your skin so I was okay with it
0: that is a positive way to put that
1: <laughs> yeah yes I, you know like celebrities have like those ice baths that they stick themselves in and yeah. they're supposed to keep their skin perfect for their whole life so that I did that for a week or two yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's my weird story but but On a positive note as well, going back to the loneliness and feeling kind of that at times I didn't fit in, it also, I would remind myself, you're not alone in this. Other people are probably feeling the same thing. And it's okay to be by yourself. Just enjoy yourself. And I would pick up a book or I'd go lay in my hammock and it actually made me feel in just that short period of time, a lot more confident about myself, because I was able to manage loneliness positively without just shutting down and
0: without taking it personally. And I think you have laid out the various ways that you do your daily practices, your self-care practices, Mm -hmm. dancing, yoga, meditation, um, and biking, which are all really amazing ways to relieve stress and anxiety, but also the loneliness factor was very real and affected me as well. Um, I felt too, like I didn't quite have a group that I belonged to. And I think the hardest challenge for me during my whole Peace Corps experience was trying to relate to people in my stage. Um, Because my host family accepted me so willingly and so, like, so quickly, I felt uh, a little awkward sometimes trying to, like, navigate meeting everybody and remembering everything and trying to speak when I really wanted to speak, but also, like, listen when I should listen. And uh, I was very lonely at, at moments, especially, like, the first week, because I hadn't quite warmed up yet. It takes mm-hmm. me a while. And then even when I would be with my host family and stuff, the the ability to communicate on a limited level was really challenging. And sometimes I felt really frustrated because I was like, how do I explain this? Even if I wanted to explain it, I don't think that I could. And that made me feel lonely because I wasn't getting service on my phone. I wasn't, you know, I was completely cut off and mm-hmm knowing that COVID was going on back home, I was a little bit freaked out. You did, so you worried when you were, when you were there, you
1: did think about the the virus? I did. Okay.
0: I'm not sure exactly how it came into my anxiety sphere is what I like to call it. But I have anxiety and it um, particularly revolves around either anxieties about how I might die or anxieties about how people I care about, about might die. So when it hit California and it was like kind of in that uh, central California area, that's where my um, younger brother lives. And so I started to become panicked about it and I made my mom like go, I like called her a bunch of times while we were staging in Philadelphia and I Asked her to buy like, supplies and like food and just to prepare in case things got bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she did that, which was amazing. Um, and she also helped my partner and my roommate back here in Ohio, um, brought them food and like, supplies. And so it was in the f- front of my head because what's the thing that I'm most nervous about? going to Madagascar and it was that, um, someone would pass away and I wouldn't be Mm -hmm. there. So it was kind of this weird anxiety trick that was continuing to circle in my head. Um, and not having any information about it was really stressful. That, that is a lot.
1: Yes, that's a lot. And that is a scary thing to think about being so far away and disconnected and something happening to someone you care about that that was definitely on my mind as well i don't know if it was i think it was on my mind more before i left than once i got there once i got there i tried to just kind of shut everything out and i'm very i don't know if it's naive but i'm in the clouds a lot so i don't worry as much as i probably should about things i'm um yes just always very in the clouds and Everything kind of calm. Like, oh, everything's going to be okay. And honestly, I didn't take this virus seriously until my cousin got sick. um, What was that? Like a week ago or a week and a half ago. Or no, it's probably been like two weeks now. But I didn't take it seriously at all until then. I was like, oh, people are exaggerating.
0: Yeah. How Um, is your cousin?
1: She's much better. She's weak. Um, She lost a lot of weight she was very very sick but she's she's definitely made a pretty big recovery and she's not in that high risk category luckily I worry about my mom though because she is in several of the high risk categories yeah how's your family coping with this
0: my family is doing good um you know they're much more practical and I think calm people than I am my father and my father's family right now they're in a little country in East Africa called Djibouti yes yeah <laughs> yeah
1: it's yes. like it's a coastal country right? yeah <laughs> like, with the Na- um, that's where the navy like refuels and stuff right yeah there's a base there oh, yes mm-hmm. <laughs> um
0: what? so he works there and they okay. close their borders uh, pretty rapidly so my um, my dad's family, including, like, my little sister and my dad's wife, and then um, her family who is visiting them, they're all kind of, like, together in a big group, but quarantined. Okay. So everyone's good. Just good. kind of riding it out, and I'm really thankful that everybody uh, has been able to be safe so far. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Um, so, so you've been back just like the rest of our stage, uh, but, um, do you want to tell us about your video project that you've been working on? Sure. I'm actually almost done. So we
1: had a multicultural, after we were told that we were leaving, we all moved back to the training center and, um, the staff there put together a night of dancing so it started out with them showing us some local dances but one of the language and culture teachers was playing dj and we were all invited <laughs> to participate and dance in the middle and um, pretty quickly it turned into you know a club <laughs> <laughs> and i just well you know, I love dancing, so that was so much fun, and I just loved seeing everybody that was participating. Just everybody seemed so happy and For those few hours, people forgot about all the pain that we had just gone through in the last like day or two, where people were crying i mean that was a traumatic experience, I think, for us and for the families that we said goodbye to um so for those few hours, it was just a lot of fun, and we had got to let go of everything. And one song came on and I just really liked it. I had never heard it before, but it's called Mafana. And they had like a little special dance that they did to it where they clapped a certain amount of times and stuff. Um, So that song stuck with me. And when I came home, I decided I wanted to do a little video montage of us all dancing. So initially started out where I came up with a choreography and I figured we'd all just record ourselves doing that choreography. Uh, But then I saw another friend's video and everybody was dancing however they wanted to. So that seemed more fun. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I put it out that uh, everybody in our stage, as well as the staff and volunteers, um, could dance to the video for the first two minutes of it. And then just send me clips and then send me a clip saying hello and where they were at in the country. And then I'm putting them all together and each person will show like two to three seconds a couple times in the video And it's just a little fun video, just to make us smile and remember our time, and just let loose. And you participated. I did. Cats, partner, roommate, and all. (laughs) I
0: rounded them up. I was like, "We're doing it."
1: Though I have to say, your partner was
0: in it a lot more than you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was my that was my strategy. Um, (laughs) It worked. <laughs> it did work yes in it a lot <laughs> it was really cute it's been really
1: fun uh to see everybody being creative and dancing um I'm, i've been kind of slacking for the last week all i have to do is add the intro and i'll be done but um i recorded an intro in english and malagasy yeah you did <laughs> but i i sound like a robot speaking malagasy
0: it's it's the effort that counts.
1: <laughs> and I sent it to Doze, which is one of the volunteers that uh, helped train us, especially you guys to help. Yes. Um, and he just, he laughed and he said, I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, so, so when I get the motivation again, I will try again and then I'll add it and I'll send it out for everybody to,
0: to check out. Oh, I love that. I think... <laughs> in the same way that um the staff at the peace corps training center uh took our minds off of things with Mm -hmm. the dancing and showing us uh you know malagasy dance moves it took doing this video took my mind off of things for a second and was really fun and um what does mafana mean
1: oh good question mafana means hot (laughs) <laughs> so uh, there's a little part where Remy he's one of the trainees as well instead of saying his name in the little introduction he just <laughs> this weird little bit where he's like Oh, mafana, mafana, eh, mafana, (laughs) be. And he has a cowboy hat. You'll see it. I put it at the end of the video. Wow. So mafana, be means very hot, very hot. So it's all about uh, being hot because I guess I think that's all it's about is just heat. Yeah.
0: And we brought the heat on the video, I'm sure. That's right.
1: We all brought brought the heat. You You just wait. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm so excited
1: <laughs> it's pretty cute it's funny I, i'm thank you for participating in it um there was 20 people including myself that wow. are in the video um three volunteer no one volunteer so those uh three language culture teachers and then the rest of us are, are trainees
0: oh wow who um who of the lcfs is in it so julie do you know do you know julie yeah
1: okay julie Kenba, she was my teacher, and um, uh, uh, Ar- Arsyn? Ar- I never had him. Arson. Ar- yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. Oh, that's, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, so other people, so uh, people help, like Eric helped with my translation for the video, and a lot of them said they were going to do it, but, you know, there's so much going on. Yeah, absolutely. In people's lives, so I get it, I get it, and I think 20 people
0: is very good that's super good There were 58 in our stage so you got like oh my gosh like (laughs) a third that's amazing
1: yeah yeah something like that and i i like that i like that we got does he's a lot of fun and and lcfs as well and people were very creative and funny and let loose
0: yeah i another memory that i have of you is does was So Joe's was our one of our Peace Corps volunteer leaders. So he's a Peace Corps volunteer. He's in his third year of service, and um he was training us, uh, especially those. So we were half agriculture, which Daniela was an agriculture volunteer. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then um I was a health volunteer, well health trainee. Excuse me. And um Joe's was training the health trainees mostly but he was also sort of um just like mentoring everybody and Joe's loves to dance (laughs) and when he found out Daniela loved to dance it was like (laughs) perfect because he would just try to pull you into dancing it was it it was very sweet I remember like you were salsa dancing at one point yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I remember that moment so much I this was at the beginning so I didn't know those well um now we've become really good friends we actually talk a couple we do like facetime a couple times a week yeah um but I didn't know him back then and I can be kind of shy so he pulled me to salsa dance as soon as I came into that room and I was shaking Kristen my whole body was trembling I was so nervous (laughs) and later at the food uh at the food hall where we eat I told him, I went up to him, I was like, oh my gosh, I was so nervous, why did you do that? He's like, I know, you were shaking so much with <gasps> <get> that. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. But no, after that was great. Did, <laughs> thank you. Afterwards, I felt okay uh, dancing with him. I was just so nervous. I was, it was unexpected, and um, he's really into structured salsa dancing, and I just kind of freestyle and do my own thing, so... I had to get used to it but he's a good lead and he's so nice he's he was my dancing match made in heaven there and since being back he has kept me really positive positive. Um, and he he gives some he would, he would actually be great if you're looking for any volunteers he'd probably be really good. Cause he has some really wise words. He's super positive, full of energy. Yes. Um. And we still we still send each other dancing videos. So we, <laughs> he's he's very cool.
0: Yeah, he's very so. cool. He definitely was encouraging me to dance. So I was like, no, 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 I don't dance. I don't dance. He's like, everybody dances. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I do dance. I'm just not good at it. <laughs> so you will see, Joe's if you're listening, in the video me in the background dancing
1: oh no I picked some clips where (laughs) you're more (laughs) dang it it. (laughs) I'm picturing your partner standing in place and you are kind of doing this oh that chicken dance around him (laughs) (laughs) I definitely pulled I that that, that's definitely one of the clips excellent (laughs) (laughs) no it's really great and and those are some of the wisest words everybody everybody can dance everybody dances it's not about how you look doing it just about letting go and having a lot of fun doing it and um yeah sometimes when I feel self-conscious I'll just close my eyes and do it
0: oh that's a good one yeah I yeah I thought of that honestly
1: yeah it, yeah absolutely at the club sometimes I mean that might be a little weird but, I mean I've done it
0: no I, do this,
1: I don't like, think <laughs> I think I've definitely closed my eyes and danced at a club before. You it's you can get more in tune with your body and with the music without having to worry about everybody else around you. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why I was doing it subconsciously but I never like connected it to that until well, just now.
1: Yeah, and it can I think it can kind of look also cute and sexy. <laughs> 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 kind of like oh look at this girl she's just so into it into yeah
0: thing. <laughs> I definitely know at home there's some times where like I'll have like a glass of wine and no one's home and I'll just turn on a song and all of a sudden I'm really doing it big in my living room but the second <laughs> I think that anyone's home or like, my neighbors can see me I'm like no no, no nothing to see here <laughs> nothing to see <laughs> nothing to see now I want to see I'm gonna move next door and
1: look <laughs> But isn't wine one of the best dancing partners? Yes, it truly
0: is. (laughs) It's so good. Oh my gosh. Wine and then my, whichever cat is closest to me during that period. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. So cute.
1: They are so cute. They're so like chunky looking and hairy.
0: (laughs) They're little chunks and they're polar opposite personalities. (sighs) They're like so annoyed. Both of them are annoyed that all of us are home all the time. They. Oh my gosh,
1: they are a lot more independent than for instance dogs. My yeah. dogs are always wanting to be next to me. Did you have pets in Madagascar?
0: No, it was so sad. I um I mean we had we had chickens that were around <laughs> <laughs> and my host mom would feed them the um the persimmon scraps, which was really sweet. She would like put them out in a pile. Oh. So I would like, watch them eat the persimmon scraps every morning, but um no no pets did you
1: I did have um and oh my, I would have given the, those chickens all of my persimmons I did not like cocky at all <laughs> no <laughs> they were
0: so it's not messy. my favorite
1: <laughs> no and especially I didn't understand why we had to eat the cockies when the pineapple
0: was the best pineapple I have ever had in my life did you oh, like it it was amazing so um, that was one of the my favorite memories was my host family would bring home all this fruit for me to try to try to Mm -hmm. understand what I liked and didn't like and um, my host mom loved persimmons which is cocky and malagasy and um Mm -hmm. she brought mananasi which is pineapple and then um she also brought passion fruit which I've never had before and is my favorite fruit that I've ever tried It is spectacular. That
1: is my favorite. Passion fruit juice. Oh, that's all I drink when I'm in Colombia. It's so good.
0: It's so good. It's like this crazy flavor and you can't describe Mm -hmm. it. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad you
1: discovered it because that is a great discovery. Yes. (laughs) And then I was like, no. (laughs) Where do I get passion fruit in Ohio? (laughs) You can probably still get it at the grocery store. A lot of grocery stores carry it in your frozen food aisle. If you go to the area um, where the international food is, so where you can get, like, your plantains and stuff in the frozen aisle, they have the pulp.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so it'll either say passion fruit or maracuja, which is in Spanish, and I can text you that, um, and you could check it out. All the supermarkets. Well, I'm in Florida, so there's a lot of. Um,
0: Wait, maracuja. is that what maracuyá maracuja oil yeah. is is passion fruit oh. oil
1: oh I've never heard of that but yeah I mean if it's called maracuja then yeah that would be maracuja is passion fruit
0: oh wow oh I've never heard of that the oil hmm, I'll have to look that up I don't know if it's the same thing but if it is my mind is just like from the connection <laughs> oh
1: there you go See, yeah I it not know a- Okay, diet.
0: cool, cool. Yeah. Perfect. Thank yeah. you for the tip.
1: Or <laughs> sure, yeah, and just get the pulp and you, it's frozen. So you just add some milk or some water. So it's not the fruit itself, but for juices and it, it'll keep you going at least for now. Yeah. I'll mm-hmm. take anything. Yeah, I know, it's so good. Um if I find any like passion fruit stuff I'll I'll let you know and I'll send it. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, you know, it's like a mini Latin America here in Florida, so or when I go to Columbia, I can get stuff, too.
0: Man, I, I'm hoping to visit Florida. And um, I have this, like, list of places that I want to go once everything's over. And it's, like, Florida. And then, um, so, who who is in our, our stage. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Daniela. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was maybe going to visit her because she lives in Gainesville, which is where my parents went to school and where they oh. met. Um and then maybe we were gonna go to New Orleans to visit Emily Emily P.
1: Oh, she's so sweet. Ella. I know. Both of both of them are so wonderful. Danny, which actually her whole name is Daniela. Yes. So there was two Danielas. So but Danny, yeah, she lives like three hours away, so we'll have to do something. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. That yes. would be amazing.
1: And then um yeah, she's wonderful. There, there's really good people in our stage, yes. and yes, um, I was lucky. I got to a room with her from the very beginning. I guess they saw two Daniellas from Florida, and they're like, "Let's put them together," <laughs> <laughs> which worked out <laughs> fine for me.
0: That must have been like a cute introduction, though. <laughs> I
1: know. Is she actually introduced with no. She did say Daniela, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was
1: nice, and we both speak Spanish, and we both love to dance. So in the learning center, we'd put music on and we'd just twerk nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we, we would spend our times twerking a lot. And we wow. tried to do it with the window open so people would pay attention to us. And nobody would care. They would just <laughs> walk around. <laughs> we would be shaking our heads. And people would just walk right past. No, they don't care at all. Wow. But that's so awesome. You're going to do like a little South U.S. tour.
0: Yes, and, you know, we'll we'll have a twerk party when we do it, so. <laughs>
1: it sounds good. With our eyes closed?
0: Yes, with our, with my <laughs> eyes closed, for sure.
1: And I can make us uh, maracuya mojitos. Yes, <laughs> wow. See, we already have a plan. Excellent. Yes, <laughs> are you going to go anywhere international?
0: Um, I would love, I went to Mexico a few years ago, and, you know, I've been having a lot of dreams about it. Oh, and I, I also have uh, friends down there. So I was thinking, um, I would really love to go back there to like this town called Merida. It's in the Yucatan, but it's very um, it's south. And I studied archaeology. So I, I have uh, some some uh, sites that I'd really love to see um, or go back to. So I've been thinking a lot about Mexico. And then um, honestly, anywhere. Daniela I'd go anywhere
1: (laughs) is it uh, where the where the beaches with the flamingos
0: that I don't know I didn't spend too much time on the beach there or on the beach at all there honestly so I'm ashamed to say that I'm not sure but I I do know that it is exceptionally beautiful that was my dad's dream
1: in Mexico. He really wanted to go see the beach with the flamingos. That would be so nice. I was just looking at plane tickets to Mexico, but to Mexico City. Mm. $170 round trip.
0: What?
1: Yes. And it's only three hours away from here. Yes.
0: So no. when you come down,
1: you should probably... Can we just go guess. to Mexico? <laughs> I'm being serious. <laughs> I'm <yes>. being serious. <laughs> Get me the well, hell I'm, out of here. <laughs> absolutely. I already have. I've been talking to this tattoo artist. He's amazing. And he's going to retouch a tattoo. So I'm definitely, when this is over, that's definitely going to be somewhere I go for at least a week.
0: Wow. That's going to be amazing. I mean, honestly, if you want a companion, because I've never mm-hmm. been to Mexico City, oh, I would go anywhere. Wonderful.
1: You, I think you would love it. I think an- anybody would love it. I'm not a city person. But it's just such a special city. It's one of the only cities that I actually like to be at. Uh, It's so full of culture, great food, great shows. So I will absolutely let you know. Please. Once things come down, that way I could start looking for tickets. And I will let you know. You could do a little Florida. And then from here, we can go there. And another great place is Guatemala. Oh. Yes. It's such a great place and really cheap. So... I can talk to you about all those places and we can come up with a little plan. Okay. Excellent. Wow. (laughs) It's
0: exciting to think about all the things we can, we can do someday. Yeah. It's been really uh, comforting for me to think about the, the future in a positive way. Like Mm travel is a really big part of um, my life and like what motivates me. And yes, I've, very excited for the day when um, everyone's safe again. And hopefully uh, COVID is no longer a threat and that I can be on a beach and feel the sunshine. And it's a nice thought.
1: <laughs> That's a beautiful thought. And um, I'm right there with you. I really hope this um, silent chaos ends soon. Yes. This is a strange time. Um but we'll get through it. I mean, it'll happen it's just taking long a long time, but um, hopefully, you know some things change for the better after this
0: yeah i I think as much as I thought that I was a pessimist, I think maybe this whole experience has made me realize that I'm more of an optimist than I wanted to believe uh being in peace corps, meeting you know the people in my stage and having the Malagasy people like welcome us, uh, it sort of restored my faith in humanity a little bit Mm -hmm. and um, brought a lot of light to my life. So even though it wasn't for too long, it was definitely for, uh, for a good purpose. I think that's beautiful. And I think it
1: wasn't long, a long time in the sense of time, the way we measure it, but it was emotionally, yes, a long time. I mean, I've said it before. Every single day we lived there was packed with like a week or a month's worth of emotions and activities.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So really, I feel like we almost did our whole service.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine what it feels like to do two years? Oh, my goodness. I,
1: I really can't. But I'm excited I'm excited for that time to come, like to get that opportunity to serve again. Uh, I think once we finish training and get to go to our little homes and live our independent lives and start making, you know, starting our projects and meeting new people and cooking what we want to cook, I think that's going to be so wonderful. Yes. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing. This is we are going, it's a difficult time in the, in, in the world, but it's, it's also amazing that we get to go through it, that we experienced it. We're the first um, group to ever be in a worldwide evacuation. Um, so it's <laughs> <laughs> strange, strange. Part of strange history. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, this is going to be a big story that we tell our families and friends in the future.
0: Yeah, and I think that's part partly why I wanted to do this was because I want to know other people's experiences. Like this was a a a really oh man, I'm like almost speechless thinking about it. It's it was such a weird, wonderful experience, um, and I know what I think about it, but I'm I want to know what everyone else thought about it what were you experiencing? How did you feel? How do you feel now? Do you want to go back? Would you do it differently? We, all of these things. And by talking to people in my and talking to other Peace Corps volunteers, it's, it's really helps me uh, to have a community of people that understands what I'm going through and to be able to share that and share those voices. It's been it's been really nice to have so much connection, even in the middle of um, a pandemic.
1: Absolutely, people have been doing really a great job at staying connected, and I think this project you're doing is truly the best. I'm so excited to hear it. Once you know, I, I guess it's an ongoing project, but I'm excited to start hearing the episodes and also to share it and even more to hear it many years from now.
0: Yes, to have it. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm already excited to share it with my future partner. And if I ever have kids to share it with them when they're old enough. Um, you're documenting
0: our stories and um, a big part of history right now. And I think that you are too, as well, that you're doing it through dance. You're doing it through <laughs> sharing that that sort of like piece of piece of fun and but also culture highlighting an amazing Malagasy song and it's made me feel better knowing that um, there's other people in our stage that just, you know want to document together, even if we're all apart now it's it's been really great, and I'm so excited to see this video and <laughs> <laughs> see everybody's moves <laughs> <laughs> it's funny it's
1: funny um I'm excited to sh- I'm really excited to share it with everybody um it's I guess we're kind of a family now even though we don't know each other for that long but we've gone through this shared experience and I think I remember a few days ago Remy shared uh Genevieve both trainees uh, shared that she had been interviewed for an article. And when I read it, I cried and I felt just so proud. And I read it to my mom. She doesn't know (laughs) who Genevieve is. So I don't think she really gets all, I don't think she understands the impact this has had on us. Um, But I just felt so proud reading her words. Yeah. Her sharing the story. Um, Yeah. It's like reading something a, a relative has created. So I I love it. I love, I love that everybody's staying connected and working on projects. And, um, I think, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs. I, I had a weird day like two days ago and, um, and, but then the next day was okay again. So I think it's normal. And I think, I think not just us, but everybody in the whole world being in quarantine, this is such a new thing for most people. So we'll get through
0: it. This too shall pass. Yes. Yes. Um, well, I I really appreciate you taking the time to just talk to me and be open with me. Um, is there anything that you'd like to say before we go? I think the only thing I would
1: say is, well, first of all, thank you so much for you taking the time for working on this project and, um, and caring so much about Madagascar and the trainees and um, Peace Corps and I would end it by saying my favorite quote and that is just for everybody to follow your bliss.
0: Excellent follow your bliss I love that. (laughs) Thank you Kristen. Okay thank you Daniela I will see you Wednesday hopefully on Zoom and until then uh, stay as lovely as you've always been. Thank you. Same to you, Kristen. See you Wednesday
1: and don't stop dancing. Okay. I won't.
0: <laughs> thank you to everybody for listening and a big thank you to Daniela for sharing with me. I am happy to say that I have a few more wonderful conversations with fellow trainees lined up as episodes for you. I'm also currently working on an episode about my personal evacuation experience During my time in Madagascar, I was using WhatsApp and voice messaging with my loved ones back and forth. So if I'm able to download and convert the audio correctly, hopefully I can put together an audio timeline for people that documents me adjusting to Madagascar as a trainee and then figuring out in real time that I'm going home. As always, uh, I'm so appreciative for anybody taking the time to listen and to learn with me and until the next episode, have a great day.